You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are doing really, really good. I am doing good. Can y'all believe that we are almost in August? Like, August is is a really, I got a lot, just a lot happening in August. Um, But I'm like, man, it's about to be August already. My goodness, 2023 has just really flown by. Um, But yeah, things are good. So... Let me see. Is there anything I need to update? Excited about, you know, starting my trauma um, studies certificate program. And I was just talking to a friend yesterday and I was like, God, will I ever be able to see things through lenses that don't allow me to see right at the core of something and see the trauma? I'm just like, my goodness, because it's not from a place where I try to project this onto people, but I can clearly see what it is that I see. And some stuff I just really don't be wanting to see. like. What am I going to do with this information? So I don't um, really watch a, re- a lot of reality TV. Or I don't really watch it, period. But apparently there, there's a show, Ready to Love, which I saw some seasons ago, some years ago. But one of the couples that was all over social media that were engaged, I guess they recently split up. And... I was just unpacking like, okay, what happened? Because I followed the lady who's an attorney on social media and I knew that their their marriage was like coming soon. But long story less long, they split up over what is coined financial infidelity. And if y'all don't know what that is, that's like money cheating. Financial infidelity is when couples lie to each other about money matters. But it could look like hiding debt, like hiding big purchases, lying about income. But apparently it can have the same effects as if you were just cheating, right? Like the the same breach of trust. So in unpacking this story, what had happened was he had been married before And he dealt with some of these same things. And he said he saw some of these same patterns and he was like, he can't do this to her. And so he said, he was like, she going to resent him now or she going to resent him later. So he called off the engagement so he could like get his stuff together. So apparently he came out and did a video on social media, said his Rolex wasn't weird. I didn't watch it, but kind of just like bearing his soul, saying that he had just been living beyond his means or whatever the case may be. And she she said they had an agreement that they wouldn't make any large purchases, that they wouldn't do this. And he violated that agreement. And um, he said he felt a lot of pressure, you know, from her, from himself, you know, societal pressure. There was just a lot to unpack. But do you know that when you get down to the core of it, What was it? It was unhealed trauma. And I'm like, here we go again. He said that he was like labeled as, um, what do you call it? Special needs 
or maybe he was in special ed. It was something like that. And um, his dad was a serial entrepreneur who died at 52, so he wanted to carry on his legacy. So he had the ability to make money. Making money wasn't the problem. The problem was his risk-taking and gambling-like behavior. So she's like, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a hustler. She's an attorney, so she's like, where is the business plan? Like, you really don't have a plan in place. So then he was getting, you know, he was in a car business and he was like buying cars, flipping cars, and it would go well for so long. Then he got a pivot. You you know, kind of like, well, maybe I don't know, like hustlers, every day I'm hustling. Like, you just always got to figure it out. But when it's you doing that and you're the only person that's affected, that's one thing. But when there's another person, then, you know, you you should probably give some other considerations. So anyway, he was upside down in some cars that he had. And he told her basically he needed to buy one car to cancel out the negative equity in two cars he had. He buys a Porsche. She said, I love this Porsche. It was a $126,000 car that was $2,700 in total with the payment and the insurance. And she's like, had I known this would have been $2,700, you know, I would have said, take it back. But you didn't tell me about this, this purchase, this large purchase before you did it because you know I would have objected. He said, I didn't tell you because I didn't owe you that. Oh, okay. Now we, we're getting a little deeper. So where am I going with all this? I don't know just yet. But just in unpacking this, she was saying how she had him, I think she had him as authorized user on her credit. She was helping him just like rebuild his financial stuff, get his credit together, challenge some things. So it, it wasn't that she was completely unaware, right, of his, his current financial state. It was the deeper behaviors, those perpetual behaviors. So there was a coach who was unpacking this and he was like, listen, First of all, which I believe, this is the thing that people don't want to believe. Say I go out and cheat on my partner, right? I I might be the one who's guilty in terms of I violated the trust. But usually when things like that happen, there are two people who create to the breakdown of a relationship. They just may deal with the breakdown in different ways. But if I go out and cheat, I look like the culprit. Do you see what I mean? I'm not in any way saying that that is right, right? But what I am saying is we all lie and cheat to a certain extent to advance our own interests, but it's only wrong when it's done for to us. Anytime you tell a lie, you can call it a white lie, you can call it a little lie, you can call anytime you tell a lie, it's because whatever the truth is, you don't want that to be known. Whether that's at work, to your mama, to your partner, to your husband, wife, to whoever, Whatever the actual truth is, you don't want that to be known. The question becomes, why don't you want the truth to be known, right? So everybody is guilty of that. Even the most honest people, one of the most honest people I know just lied to me last night, right? They weren't lying to me. They were telling me the lie that they told to someone else, right? Because what the truth, they did not want to hurt that person's feeling with the truth. Well, the truth is they did not want to deal with the discomfort that they would face by telling that person the truth. So we have like these um, these pedestals and these soapboxes that we ourselves can get on where we want to point the finger and blame other people for what they're doing 
But we do not want to believe in many instances that people are our mirrors. So going back to this story, right? She was, you know, he's authorized on her credit and doing this. And she made a statement and she was like, I got stuff off his credit that he actually even owed. And she was like, I did that for him. Let it be known what I've done for you. So what I've done for you, let me tell you about all y'all people who, who run to save the day, to fix people. And you overgive and you overserve and all that. Underneath that, it's really not about them. It's about you and what you unconsciously expect to be your reward by you doing that, right? I did that for him. So I feel so let down by with all that I've done for you that you could do this. Do you see what I mean? So it's just it's just really, really interesting. And then in one of the other um one of the other episodes, I didn't see this, so I'm just going by what some what somebody has said. They said that she was saying that her father withheld praise from her. And if your father withholds praise, women live to be a daddy's girl, right? To get the praise from their father, the reassurance from their father. And so if you had a father who was in your life and he withheld praise, it creates a void where you're constantly seeking validation outside of yourself. You're going to be an overachiever. You're going to be looking for something, right, to feel that. So I can understand how stepping in as a fixer, you know, in, in your relationship can kind of feel like it can give you the praise that you need by, by getting a, a good job done. Here's the thing, y'all. People say, oh, love shouldn't hurt. I disagree. If you're going to feel love and joy, you're also going to feel pain and sorrow because people are layered and people are complex. And does that mean that you should just, you know, tolerate anything or any behavior? Absolutely not. But I think that we we just live in this space where we have these ideas and ideals and we hold people to standards that we ourselves don't even live up to. Or we have standards that are not really our standards. We just hold to an ideal that we feel like we're supposed to have because this is what somebody else told us. So for example, I was talking to one of my friends recently. She is, you know, constantly complaining about her person. And I said, listen, um, things don't go wrong. I'm saying, I didn't say this part, but y'all know I believe that things don't go wrong, they start wrong. When you started with him, you were the breadwinner. When you started with him, like there there was no equal footing financially. When you started with him, he was quote unquote complacent and content with his station in life. And so now seven years in, I'm having a hard time understanding why it's a problem. Like this is not new to you. I said, listen, you enjoy taking care of people. You're very generous. You get a sense of fulfillment and purpose from taking care of people. So I don't understand why you just don't settle into your role as breadwinner and take care of your man and be content. You know why you won't do it? Because the people around you that you are putting in your business are telling you, you stupid, he's a user, he's this, he's that. Guess what? He could be all of those things, but it's not new to you. So you know what it is. So why are we complaining about something as if you don't know what it is? You know what it is. You knew what it was and you accepted it. So stop complaining about something that you're really okay with. Do you see what I'm saying? 
Like we have all of these things like, oh, if you do this, this is the deal breaker. And I just like all of this stuff, just like, just like stop it. Because me and my daughter was having this conversation because of another situation of financial infidelity. And my daughter said, you know, as I'm getting older, she said, I realized, this girl 27, okay, the oldest 27-year-old I know. She said, I'm realizing that just because you could do something doesn't mean that you should do something. So I'm going to give you an example. My daughter is newly married. My daughter loves being married. My daughter wants to remain married. Let me give you a disclaimer. I am not talking about she and her husband's problems or issues. I'm giving you an example, okay? But what I'm saying is, if her husband were to do something that she disagreed with, well, he's going to. I'm sure he has because that's just the nature of people and vice versa. Well, technically, she could say, oh, this is the deal breaker, or I could leave because this. I could because I can take care of myself and I don't need you to take... There are a lot of coulds, right? But is that what you should do in the greater context of what it is that you actually desire? So if what you desire is to be married or to be in relationship with this person, then a lot of your coulds and all of that stuff, it goes out the window, meaning that you need to reconfigure those to see if this is something that is fixable, if this is something that you want to put your time and energy into repairing, or if you're just going to go with what, what you should do based on some idea or some ideal, right? Because then what's going to happen is people say, oh, but here's the thing. What you what you fail to realize is I'm not settling. Settling for what exactly? I told this to my friend the other day, and it's so funny. My daughter said she she said this to somebody like, "Do you realize that you might not be the easiest person to be with?" And I told my friend the other day, I said, "You you said that you don't want to settle." I said, "Do you realize that even though there is maybe income uh, income disparity or income difference, that maybe you just ain't his dream girl all the way through and through either." I know you You are a good woman. You are a great woman. You probably got all the boxes checked. That doesn't mean that the, that translates to what that is for him. He might feel like he's settling too in some instances that he don't have everything that he signed up for or that he desires. Did, did that ever occur to you? And so I, I think sometimes I am, now y'all know I'm not in anything, I'm not in any way suggesting scarcity. Like, you need to hold on to somebody just so you're not being alone. That is not what I am saying. But if, you, if you're if you really being honest, most people not checking for you like that. Oh, because I ain't got to deal with this. You absolutely don't have to deal with anything that you don't want to deal with. But most people just not checking for you like that. Like, so options, of course you have options. Of course you can explore options. You should never be afraid of starting over. But there's this magical delusional thinking that have us with an overinflated sense of value. And the way we get it is by devaluing other people. So another part of the conversation I was having is me and my daughter were talking about women who are, you know, just have very strong personalities, very forceful personalities, the bosses, the go-getters. And somebody was saying that the women in their family were like that. And they said, the women run things in my family and the men, they're just, you know, they just let them and they're passive. And I said... Could it, could it be that the men have the ability to love those women unconditionally? The men have the ability to, you know, to, to tolerate, to accept them wholly and wholeheartedly. 
And so what we have, have coined, coined is like, oh, alpha, beta, he a simp, he a punk, or this, that is, I'm telling y'all, it's just messing things completely up. And so we have this idea of what masculinity is, of what femininity is, of what that looks like. And we've romanticized these ideas and these ideals so much so that we can't deal with what's happening in the real world and with real and everyday life. Now, I'm going, as it relates to financial infidelity, I want to dive into that a little bit, right? People's financial behaviors are very, very important. And how you show up financially, of course, is going to affect your relationship and it's going to affect your partner. Now, I'm going away from the financial infidelity thing, right? Just so y'all know, and I'm going to talk about money a little bit. I was literally just having a conversation today and somebody was telling me, oh, I want to go here and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I said, "Um, you, you keep telling me what it is that you want to do. And I said, I haven't heard you playing one thing. Y'all want to know what I'm about? I'm really about action, right? A lot of stuff I don't tell people until you, you'll you you'll know once you see it, it done because there's no sense for me to keep telling you something that I want to do and I haven't done it. But anyway, I told this person that and they were like, I need the money for it. I said, but but you were also saying that you were you were going to go to work. Well, I don't want to just do anything and... and uh, my bills. And I said, okay, everybody has bills. Yeah, but you can pay yours easily. And I said, you don't, you don't know anything about my financial situation. I just don't talk about bills or complain about bills. But what I was in essence saying is, if this is what you want to do, figure it out. Figure out what to do to pay your bills. Figure out what to do so that you can then put in place whatever it is that you need to do. Because otherwise, we're just going to be having this conversation. Well, I'm not going to be having the conversation five years later. But y'all, I have never seen in my life so many instances where people just don't take responsibilities for their choices and their behaviors and are a victim of their own making, right? Does the economy happen? Does life happen? Does job loss happen? Do medical emergencies and situations happen that can change anything? They absolutely can. And so I was having a conversation with someone else. And anytime I started talking about self-accountability and looking at behavior, they said, but everything is just not perfect. Everything is not just always, what's that saying? Peaches and roses? Whatever, right? Rainbows and unicorns. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm I'm not saying anything about being perfect. But what I am saying is this place where you don't want to be accountable, not to me, but to you, you by this right here, this, this, this area of your character that does not want this level of accountability, you are giving permission to this situation to continue financially because you don't want to look at your choices and your behaviors and do anything differently. Man, that's me, that's you, that's anybody. Let me tell y'all, my doctor told me that I have rheumatoid, my rheumatoid arthritis factor came back high, right? Which is why my my feet and everything have been, been aching. And so they gave me this medicine that it's an immune system suppressant. My father actually has rheumatoid arthritis and he takes it. So this is what some people do. My grandmother has rheumatoid arthritis. And so I've always been very sensitive to autoimmune things because of being pre 
genetically predisposed to them. But I also understand that just because you're predisposed to something doesn't mean that it's automatically your portion. So now that they've diagnosed me with rheumatoid arthritis and they gave me this medicine, it's an immune system suppressant, I said, I don't want this because to suppress this is going, my dad, he's getting walking pneumonia and all these other things. And I said, I don't want that. So when I was in Chicago recently, I was just eating everything under the sun and my feet were just aching. And I said, okay, Letitia, you know what? You have some choices to make. If you don't want to take this medication, right, then you're going to have to choose something different. Now, this, this is my talk to myself. Do you know, am I calling everybody complaining like, oh my God, my feet hurt. Let me tell you what the doctor said. No, what I said was, you have a choice to make right here. You know, you can make some very different dietary choices, some very different lifestyle choices in, in in a radical way, because this is here and this is real. You can keep praying for God to heal you, uh huh, and God can do that. But you can also do, you can also take responsibility and accountability and do your part. If you don't want to feel pain, if you don't want to want a life with medication and ibuprofen, right? If you don't want that, then you can do something different. So this is the same thing that I'm saying to this person. Does life, life, and things happen to us all? That it absolutely does, but that does not absolve you from the responsibility to at least try something different. And so I have just never seen so many people who will not take ownership of where they are. And it's actually, there's internal, it's called internal locus of control and external locus of control. So an internal locus, L-O-C-U-S, of control is you believe that you affect what happens to you. External locus of control is that outside forces affect what happened to you. And so the people who hold to, who have an external locus of control is always the economy, other people, others, other people's actions, what other people do or don't do. That's going to be the reason why they can't, they won't, you know, why they're stuck. Internal locus of control is just like outside of God. Listen, I'm responsible for this. And so I'm going to take ownership and accountability for the results that I get or don't, the life that I live or not. And the two are very, very different. And so I am seeing so many victims and I'm just like, oh my freaking God. Like if you just do something, listen, if you live your life as a victim, you're just waiting on time and chance. It's just like, you're just waiting on the rain to hit the drought that you live in, right? And and, and you're not doing anything of your own volition and initiative to change your situation, Man, that is just probably one of the most saddening realities that I see with people that is just like, this does not have to be this way. Like, I was talking to somebody that I had not seen in probably 10 or 15 years. And it amazed me that this person is is in a, in a whole different job, in a whole different field, around a whole different group of people, made a whole lot of changes, and has recreated the exact same environment that was in them because the of this unhealed trauma and because of these deeply ingrained mindsets and beliefs. And so we really can live a life where we just cycling through life. New faces, new places, you know, as they say, same old shit, just a different day. And for me, that that is just not okay. Like, I just cannot live my life like that. 
And I will die on the hill of saying you don't have to either. But it does require accepting responsibility for your choices. You know who don't accept, doesn't, I should say, accept responsibility for their choices? Children. And so we have these children that are 50, that are 40, that have arrested development, and they don't take responsibility for where they are in life. And so in essence, we need to be reparented, right? We need to be reparented. So a lot of coaching ends up being reparenting, not because it's idealistic, right? But it's because it's what's necessary. And so coaching traditionally says, Everybody has their own answers. Well, when you're when you're dealing with a 50-year-old, 7-year-old, they don't quite have the answers and so they're going to need some 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 help in a greater way. So I'm a huge advocate of coaching, therapists, clinical psychology to help groups uh whatever, right? Trauma anonymous, I don't know if that's a thing, but whatever whatever it is that you need to do to help yourself to grow and heal and be better. Now is a really, really good time to do that, right? Because the Bible says money answers all things. The Bible also says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And do you know what I find? I have so many conversations with people and money is at the top of the conversation. And I find that it's the people who lack money that are obsessed with money. Not not the people who who actually have it. Like, Do you know if you are someone who is obsessed with money, who your whole life is consumed with paying bills and how you're going to pay bills, do you know that there is another way to live, that you can get on the other side of scarcity and survival, where you have enough, where you have more than enough, where you are actually financially stable and you can do nice things in life. You can buy nice things. You can go nice places. Like There is another side. I've lived in that space. I lived in the space where I, I shopped at the thrift store not because I uh, wanted to, but because that was all that I could afford, right? I lived in that space, but there is also light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a train. But you know what I had to do? I really had to get radically honest with myself about my immaturity. I was always entrepreneurial, but I didn't have a plan. I would just, I would just feel a hunch, you know, like gamblers and off I go, right? And I fell on my ass enough times to be like, okay, it's time to grow up. You're somebody's mother now. Like you you need to show up very differently and do something different. But it was taking accountability, taking ownership, filing bankruptcy and just saying, okay, let me rebuild this. Let me rebuild my life. Let me rebuild my credit. I'm saying it is possible, but it does take changing your behaviors. And because people don't want to change, now you just take this this shit over into everybody else's life. And now we have a bigger problem than we did. And so on the one hand, I'm saying we don't necessarily have to throw people away because their experiences don't aren't what ours are, right? Because you operate in financial mismanagement or this or that. But we do want to put the measures in place. And, and, and you do want to be somebody who says, I'm willing to change this behavior if you want somebody, you know, to partner with you, to be with you. But it just really, really has to be from a place of honesty and transparency, right? And on the flip side of that, if you're the person who just takes no financial responsibility, you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to grow up or you're just going to be, be suffering and be broke. And, and just be like window shopping 
uh, or either faking it until you make it, but you really, you're not going to make it for real because the financial decisions that you're making now, they're robbing the future that you could have. And so because money, listen, money is the thing that's at the forefront of the conversation with the business owners that I work with. It's at the forefront of what's happening in people's households. And, you know, people can make things look like they have it all together. But if you really want to see something different happening financially, then that starts with you. That starts with you saying, I am not going to live a life where I'm lying. I'm not going to live a life where I just look good, but I'm going to live a life where I am good and and do what's necessary to make that happen and forget about what other people think because they about struggling too, right? You do what's necessary to make things happen in your in your life and in your household and exclude what everybody else is saying and what everybody else is doing because guess what? They're over there scratching their head trying to figure it out just like you. So I don't know what the overarching message is, but because money is involved in every single thing that we do, you know that the stress of money can lead to stress in your body. Like, people, let's just let's just do better. And, it's, and more money is not going to solve your problem. More money is going to amplify the problem that you have yet to deal with, okay? So I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. <laughs>